0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest
1: Talk. This is what? April 24th. April 24th. I can't believe how fast April's going by. You know, and two, it's, it's different, because in one sense, it's going really slow because of the coronavirus. In another sense, it just slides by. It just is interesting. Okay, and of course, you know, the, the financial disruptions from this pandemic is still taking place. I mean, we haven't reopened yet, or even, began. well, I can't say we haven't began. There's a few places that are, but this crisis has caused by us, back in 2008, it was a financial crisis that caused, you know, mortgage, default, meltdown. But today, we, we, it was caused by a virus and our reaction to that virus. You know, I mean, we, cut, we shut down everything across the country, all at one time. I mean, that's dramatic. Apparently, there are now about six states who decided to reopen. I don't think they all completely reopened, but at least began to reopen. And and that's very controversial. I'm not sure why. I think every state should make its own decision. I mean, you can't you can't compare a state like I don't know Montana to California or New York. It's very different. I mean, I think how many people live in Vermont? Two hundred fifty thousand people, three hundred thousand people in the entire state. I don't know. I know it's very low. So that. <laughs> You have, each state has to, you have to look at it individually, I think, the regional area and everything. But I'm not sure why it's so controversial, but it apparently is. We gotta reopen the economy sometime, some point. I don't know. I'm not an expert, so I'll let the experts tell me what I'm supposed to do. Well, this is Invest Talk, and you, of course, listen to the show every day. We try to provide the best answers we can in an unbiased way. And, of course, as, as an investor, you want some strategies, you know, to deal with the volatility we're seeing. I mean, you saw some huge volatility this week, and every week for a well over a month now, we've seen lots and lots of volatility. So how do you deal with it? You've got to still deal with it. You've still got to figure out how to make money in this environment and hopefully reach your goal of financial freedom. That's where we're going here. I'm Steve Peas, I hope you'll call me. This is the hour that you can call me. This is a call-in show through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast. I can help you become a better investor. That's my goal. I want to help you. Justin and I want to help you become better at investing and understanding what you're doing and try to be more controlled about it as opposed to just, oh, I'm in the market. You're not sure what you have and is it good or bad, that kind of thing. (coughs) Excuse me. So that's what we're here for help you become more successful. And, of course, our firm, KPP Financial, is very different among others. I know I say that. and Of course, everybody would say that, but mine is. Why? Because, number one, uh, we make our own decisions. Number two, we buy the same things for ourselves. We do for our clients, the same price, same time. We put our money where our mouth is. Most investors, some do, but most, 90-plus percent, don't. So that's why I consider ourselves very different. Okay, I'm here to, here and ready to answer your investing questions. Any financial questions you want to talk about, we'll talk about. Or anytime, listener line number is open. And it's live right now, Pacific time, Mondays through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, 888-99 chart. Okay, so dur- during this virus stay at home situation, Justin and I are postponing traveling trips, trips. Um, I, 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 Draw it down. The dates. I think we can start traveling again, but we haven't. You know, we haven't made any plans yet. But you know, these are no cost, no obligation meetings. But we can do it by phone or Skype or chat. Also, we don't have to do it in person. I've always done it in person because that was what I'm used to, and I like to meet the people. But we don't have to. I mean, with the, this modern technology, we don't have to do that. Now, you know. Plus, you know, with the COVID nineteen virus, you know, maybe you don't want to do that. Uh, maybe I don't want to do that. So we still could do it, though. Take a look at your portfolio. Try to figure out what's the best for you and in your certain situation, how close you are to retirement. You know, we we'll go over those kinds of questions to figure out where you are in your financial investment life. So if you want to talk about it, you can call KPB Financial in Irvine or you can go to investtalk.com. Just send me an email and I'll respond. Just and I are very good about responding. My main talking point today concerns this opinion. Day of reckoning for Social Security may be closer than we imagine. With the COVID-19 crisis, a lot less money is coming in to the system. So we'll talk about that. I mean, think about it. There's 26 million people are filing for unemployment claims. So many jobs we've lost. Those 26 million were paying Social Security benefits. I mean, we're paying into the Social Security system. They weren't getting benefits, so we're going to talk about that. And we had a report, a March report of durable goods today, and March report, meaning that was the month we started, we shut down the economy, right? So the March numbers are showing some pretty bad numbers, but it was very interesting, so I want to talk about it. And I want to talk about the global oil glut, you know, the glut of oil. Not the price necessarily, but why there's so much oil and what what's gonna happen what's what can we do about it what should we do anything about it and mortgage rates rose this week, went up. Why would that happen? why it shouldn't, but I'm going to talk about why it happened. so of the things I want to discuss, but of course, you come first, whatever you want to talk about. The market was up today. The Dow was up 260 points, and NASDAQ up 140, and the S&P up 39. It still was a down week, but at least we had a positive day today. You, know, you take what you can get. Okay, Take what you can get. So that's what we're dealing with, and we'll always deal with more kinds of things like that. Let's go ahead and take a caller now. Let's go to Timothy in Atlanta. How you doing, Timothy. Well, Steve, thanks for all your help, uh, in testing times like this.
2: Thank you. Yeah, so my question pertains to Ecolab, ticker symbol E-C-L, um, uh, do you want to buy it, or man. do you own it? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking for, a, I'm looking to buy in a long-term yeah. position, uh, diversified chemicals. What do you think would be a good range to be really, uh, aggressive in buying for a long
1: okay. position? Okay. Okay, E-C-L, everybody. Um, ECL is the symbol, Ecolab Inc., it's a huge company, $52 billion, so it's big. Markets cleaning, sanitizing, pest elimination, maintenance, repair products to hotels and restaurants. So it's probably going to take a little hit because their restaurants and ho- hotels, you know, are getting the hit. But on the other hand, they're in that area of cleaning and sanitizing, which, you know, is positive for, you know, for what we're dealing with. So, it's a yin and yang kind of thing. What's what's better? What's going to, you know, what what it will be a better thing to do? They're going to make money. They've always made money. I mean, they make they're, they're scheduled to make six dollars and thirty cents next year. And it's a one hundred eighty dollars stock, so it's not inexpensive. Um, it got down to about one hundred thirty or so, uh, and now it's a one eighty. The high was two ten, so it went from two ten down to one thirty, back up to one eighty. So just like the market's kind of moving sideways here, Timothy, so I think you want to wait for a pullback. I think you wait. I think it'll go down to about the 145 to 150 area on a decent-sized pullback again. So I think it will pull back. I don't know if it'll go that far down, but it will pull back. And on that pullback, you buy it. Don't be afraid of it. Go ahead and just step in and buy it. It could go down lower, but I don't think you should fear it if it does thanks for the call appreciate it you're listening to best talk i'm steve Peasley and yes we are aware of internet digital noise issues in our broadcast we have ordered new equipment okay new equipment that we will believe will correct the problem because we have had a heck of a time trying to find what the problem is so it should be installed next week believe me no one wants to fix this sound more than i do so thank you for your loyalty, and please bear with us as a bit longer. I appreciate that. And now I'm here and ready to provide unbiased answers to your financial questions. We're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART.
3: Now that this coronavirus scare has shut down all the gymnasiums, my wife has had to go and start running again. That's her normal workout Now, and all of a sudden, her knees became inflamed, creating lots of pain. Obviously, she's looking for relief and started applying Quanta's Muscle Rub multiple times per day, three times a day. She told me it helps reduce her soreness and discomfort. Now, if you listen to our podcast, you know I'm skeptical about many of these kind of products. I'm here to tell you from personal experience, this brand is believable. Quanta is a publicly traded applied science company. They make health and wellness products utilizing patented technology and makes them up to five times more efficient. Their flagship product is an all-natural muscle rub that alleviates aches and pains because it directly reduces inflammation. We have teamed up to help listeners to invest talk. So for a limited time, you can save 20% Offer all Qantas health wellness products by using the coupon code INVEST, that's I-N-V-E-S-T, on their website. Their website is buyquanta.com. That's B U Y Q U A N T A dot com.
4: This is Talk. It's Friday, and we've seen wild fluctuations in oil prices. What's going on, and how about your portfolio? You'll have finance and investment questions, and you're in luck, because Steve Peasley is here now, taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Jerry in Palo Alto. How are you doing, Jerry?
2: I'm doing well. It's the first time I've called in a while, because I no longer have that commute to listen to you. Uh, You may have answered this several times, but... How in the hell is the market doing what it's doing when, I mean, I understand Amazon, but like Apple is doing so well and, and nothing's going on in this country right now. Is it just how much money the government's put into the economy?
1: Yeah, it, it really is interesting, isn't it? I mean, I mean, if you look at all the economic numbers are getting crushed, unemployment claims are what, 26 million new unemployment claims in a month? Uh, and earnings are going to get crushed. There's certain, as you pointed out, there's going to be certain things that do well, but up across the board, it's going to be bad. And here the market is rallying. You know? <laughs> now, why? she kind of touched on it, It's because of all the spending they're going to be doing. Eventually, that will work. And everybody's optimistic that it's going to work. But, you know, to, to, Jerry, to tell you the truth, I, I don't think, I think people are going to realize how bad it is when they start seeing April numbers coming in and they're going to be worse than March's numbers. Okay. And so when they see those numbers coming in, I think that market's going to go retest the bottom. It's going to go back down and retest it. So I'm not too excited here. If I, if I was to advise people, I would say you might want to produce some cash. Even if you have really good stocks, you want to hold on to maybe cut them in half, you know, protect your portfolio a little bit here. You know, that's what I would suggest. Jerry, good call. Thank you. Joseph in San Jose. How you doing, Joseph? There, Joseph?
2: To uh, BYD, and uh, uh, more particularly, the division that is in charge of uh, manufacturing uh, commercial electric vehicles. I think their stock picker is like a B or BYYD or something along. It. It's got a double uh, letter uh,
1: somewhere along there. B Y Y because BYD is Boyd Gaming, which is you know casino. So you think it's B Y Y B? Yeah. Let's see. What's the name of the company?
2: It, it comes up as uh, BYD. B-Y-D.
1: Yeah, BYD is in dog is boring gaming. Um, you get a better symbol on that? I don't, I don't have it. Okay. Um, anyway, sorry. I uh, call back because I need the symbol before I can really pull it up. Um, on Fridays, I reserve this time for a quick rundown of the benchmark numbers. Uh, two year treasury is at 0.21%. So you're le- earning less than a quarter percent a year for two years if you buy a two-year treasury. The 10-year is 0.6, 0.60. A little over half a percent every year for 10 years. That's way below inflation, and we have no inflation. <laughs> I mean, gold, $1,756 per ounce, so that has been very strong. Oil, remember it was negative, not more than a few days ago, because... Why? Because of uh, expiration date for options, and today it's at seventeen dollars a barrel. Seventeen dollars a barrel. Gasoline average is a dollar seventy eight, but that should be going down. California's two seventy seven. I mean, we got oil is so low; uh, it, it, it those prices should be going down. In Hawaii, though, three dollars and twenty two cents a gallon. Don't want to drive around too much in Hawaii. For what it's worth, the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Reading was at 71.8 for April. This is for April. It was 89 in March, so now it's 71, Consumer Sentiment Reading. I mean, that's the best talk. A return to normal could mean disaster for the stock market.
4: You are listening to Invest Talk. The COVID nineteen pandemic has turned everything upside down. But are we now seeing some light at the end of the tunnel? You've got finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have answers. Call Invest Talk eight 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 ninety nine chart.
1: Okay, let's talk about the Social Security system right now. I mean, we have what twenty six million Jobs lost. Okay, that means they're not paying into the Social Security system, and when it was at twenty two a few you, you know a week or so ago, uh, they figured that they've lost two years, shaved two years after the off the length of time that the Social Security benefits will last. So they're supposed to last to two thousand thirty five. Now it's down to two thousand thirty three if they don't make any changes. And what happens if we lose more jobs? You know, it will go, it will go down, down, down as far as years left. And this happened back in the previous recession, back in 2008, shaved off a couple of years. So what are we to do about it? Nothing. There's nothing we can do about it. There's absolutely nothing that can be done. I'm say that, I'm almost positive the federal government will not, you know, cut your benefits. You, if you're approaching or in Social Security, you're going to get your money. You don't have to worry about it. It's the young people that have to worry about, and people on payroll. Payroll is probably going to have to go up, and they're probably going to have to extend the age. Tell you before you can start collecting Social Security, they've already done it, but they're probably going to, have to do it again. And to be perfectly honest, the system was designed was designed with uh, with the idea that most people will pass away before they started collecting it. Remember, it was 65 years old when you were supposed to start collecting it. This was back in the 1930s when it passed, when the average length of someone living was like 60, 62. So now what is the average length of someone living? In their late 70s. And here they are, they didn't hardly change the year at all. They should have indexed it to to the mortality tables. It should just index it to it so that if you know you live longer, they, they just change the date and move it up. That that would make a lot more sense. Of course, a lot of people won't be happy about that, but that makes a lot more sense. If you want to keep it solvent, that's how you do it. Now, we have a good number of voice bank questions in our inventory, so let's grab one. This came in early at 888-99-CHART.
2: Hi, Stephen, Justin. I'm a new investor, and I had a question about diversification. I hear you guys talk about having cash on hand, having certain percentages, and I just wondered if you could give me a quick crash course, you know, on how many different kinds of stocks I should buy and how much cash I should keep on hand. I appreciate any help you guys can give me. I uh, appreciate the show. Thanks.
1: Okay, generally, generally, you'll be fully invested. It's only times like these that you would like to have some cash. So, for instance, we've had a market that fall. And if you stay with the market and you fell all the way, that's okay. Now you have a market that recovered 50% or so. This is a time you would start trimming. Trim back, produce some cash. Because the odds are very good that I'll retest the lows. How long will take to do that? I don't know. Does it have to do that? No. It's just prudent to trim some of your your, your positions. You should have anywhere from no less than 15 and probably no more than 35 stocks, individual companies. Now you can have more, but it makes it more and more difficult to track. And the more you have, the more you tend to track the S&P 500. You also, there's other rules that I have. Buy a 3% position. Maybe go up to, maybe you can buy 5, but 3% is what I prefer. Don't buy more than 15 to 20% of any one sector. Stay diversified. You know, um, at this point, I'm suggesting that a hedge is advisable, and we've been talking about it for quite some time. And gold has probably gotten a little ahead of itself, so I'd buy it on any weakness as a hedge against the overall market. So those are the kinds of things. You know, it takes a lifetime to learn this, and you're just learning. That's great because the more you know, even if you hire somebody like me to manage your funds, you want to know what they're doing. And you can tell what they're doing by looking at the holdings if you know what they should be doing. For instance, if you're a conservative investor and you see a bunch of small-cap stocks in your portfolio because your money manager is buying those, you should be, be picking up the phone and say, why are you doing this? I'm conservative. I don't want those. What's what your thinking? Why is it not matching my risk tolerance? My personal risk was, is lower than what you're buying. How would, You wouldn't even know that unless you learn how learn how that stock market works and what what's risky and what's not. And that's what we'll do on the show here, help you learn that. It's not rocket science. It's just lost to learn. Okay, that's all. The durable goods report was out this morning for March. sunk 14.4%. Second largest drop ever. Okay? Now, why, if the durable goods report... If you take, a, take out autos and airplanes, that it' only fall two-tenths of one percent. Because remember, we shut down the country. Why, didn't, why wouldn't all of it fall much deeper than that? Well, most people, as I looked at it, most experts were saying, well, it's just as you know, not left over from the month before when things were really doing well. So we didn't see the full impact of it. That's why I said we're going to see it in April. On Monday, we witnessed the $4 unthinkable drop in oil prices to $0 a barrel, okay? By Anna's oil price history charts, researchers have discovered that a barrel of oil earlier this week was effectively cheaper than it was in 7- 1870. So here's the trivia question. Prior to this week's negative valuations, in which, in which year did inflation-adjusted oil prices reach an all-time low? And from 1870 until today, what was the inflation percentage rate increase in the United States? I'll have the answer for you after the break. But now we are taking your market financial questions live, 888-99-CHART.
4: At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP Financial consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. This is InvestTalk. It's Friday, and we've certainly seen a lot of coronavirus volatility this week. And this means you'll have questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now, and the phone lines are open. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
1: Okay, the answer to the trivia question. Okay, of course, you know, the oil dropped to zero, okay, on Monday. Oil, zero dollars per barrel. But the question was about, prior to this week's negative valuations, which year did inflation-adjusted oil prices reach an all-time low? And from 1870 until today, what is the inflation percentage experienced in the United States? 1998, which was actually lower than price of oil in 1946. Just 10 years later, June 2008, the real inflation adjusted terms, oil prices were at the all-time monthly high for crude. Okay? So, in 2008, oil was at $91 a barrel, which was actually $109 when adjusted for inflation. In the 150 years since 1870, what is the U.S. percentage increase of inflation? 2,870%. 2,870%. So, oil is You know, I was thinking about it the other day. Oil is probably cheaper than water. I mean, think about when you buy water, how much does that cost? And what's a barrel of oil? You know, a barrel barrel of oil is not a 55-gallon drum. It's 47. Why, I'm not sure. I used to know why, but it's 47 gallons in a barrel of oil. And we're talking about a barrel of oil being $17 right now. Man, that is low. Very low. Let's go to Joseph in San Jose. Joseph, you're back. Yeah,
2: yes, I am back. I was uh, driving when I called you the first time. But uh, So the uh, stock symbol is going to be BYDDY. Uh, D-Y.
1: And I'm trying
2: to figure out uh, how, how does that uh, company look to you for the future.
1: Okay. Okay. It's $11.20 a share right now. B-Y-D-D-Y. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it's been... It's it's very... Uh, it doesn't... It has a erratic volume because the price is jumping up and down very radically. I mean, one day it's up huge, the next day it's down huge. Now, it's, it's gone... It went down as about a dollar. Eight dollars and fifty cents at the low. From the high, it was thirteen fifty, and today's at eleven twenty. Did you want to buy this stock, Jose?
2: Well, I was uh, considering it, uh, being that there's uh, issues surrounding the environment and global warming, and I'm thinking that uh, electric vehicles is the way of the uh, future, and I'm thinking that uh, this company maybe in the long term might be onto something.
1: Well I, I will say this it doesn't um I would be very cautious of this stock. Um, I don't think you should put too much money into it, and you're right. I think the future is electric cars. I think that that's just going to get more and more popular. It's going to take years, if not decades for them to outstrip the gasoline cars uh, at some point, but there's a lot of you know environmental pressure to bolster you know electric vehicles and and stop using so much uh, so much oil, and but the world still runs on oil, and it's going to for the, for new for the foreseeable future. Concern is about making money. How much money can this company make? I don't have a lot of data on it, and that concerns me as I try to pull it up on my different pieces of software. And there's not a lot on the company, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to defer about whether I can recommend or not recommend it because I just don't have enough data. Thanks for the call back, Jose. I appreciate that. The KPP Premium Newsletter was attributed uh, to subscribers this morning, as I do every Friday morning. Uh, we got to go, as, as I said, in the market conditions section, which is the first section. we got to look at some of the economic data for April. The market manufacturing number for April was 36.9. And for services, uh, it was only 27. That's down from 48 to 36 and from 39 to 27. It, it, those are record lows. Remember, anything below 50 is contraction. Above 50, expansion. So we are definitely contracting hard. Well, obviously, we shut down the economy. And, I, and, and I'm and i sure many newsletters, readers, have noticed the length of my uh of of uh, the strength of gold recently. Gold is far outperforming most other assets. For z- investors, stay with the market. No one really knows no one really knows the proper allocation other than you don't want to over invest, you want to have a balanced portfolio, those kinds of things. I am suggesting that if you have seen a weakness in gold and gold mining companies, I'm in the newsletter I'm saying might be time to to add to that. Okay, so I explained the main, uh, principle of maintaining an adequate yet not excessive number of positions in your in a balanced portfolio. Don't expose yourself to too much to any one industry. So I get into more details, obviously, in the newsletter, but you know I don't want to give everything away. On the strong ideas section, um, I talked about a pizza maker with five thousand restaurants in forty nine countries. And they deliver, they're, they're, that's their main thing, they deliver pizza. I, and we, I just kind of like that idea. Earnings are growing about 20% year over year, and they're certainly going to jump from this coronavirus. I also mentioned a Canadian company engaged in the production of gold and copper in Canada. And I also said that we own these two stocks in our managed, some of our managed accounts. Okay, so that's every week I give you a couple of stock ideas in the newsletter. And the Consumer Watch section, I said, boy, if you wanted to book a cruise, this is the time to do it. Okay, so if you're worried about booking a cruise on the oceans, a big, huge ship with all those people on it, how about a river cruise? You ever thought about that? There's a river cruise up the Rhine River in Germany, at the Seine in France. You know, they're pretty neat because they stop all the time along the river and at different historical cities and things. It's really interesting. So I've never taken one, but I've looked at all the brochures. But boy, that's a great time to do that because tourism is terrible everywhere. But if you book it now, it'd be pretty cheap. That was a, that was in the consumer watch section. Okay, and of course there's a lot of valuable information in the KPPB newsletter. It's easy for you to subscribe. Go to InvestTalk.com. You can subscribe directly from InvestTalk.com, and you'll see the full report each Friday directly in your email box. If this information raises any questions in your mind, I encourage you to reach out to Justin or I at KPP Financial, call our run California office, or send us an email message through uh, investtalk.com. You know, all over the place, it says um, um, send a message, click here to send a message. And we get those, and I answer them. Justin and I, we answer them. Okay, let's keep this going. Let's go to another caller question, 888-99-CHART. Hey,
2: I'm a nineteen year old investor. Um, been investing for about a year. And I was curious about SPHD ETF. I got into investing looking for that dividend, passive income, and I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on it. Thanks.
1: Okay, this is and S P five hundred high dividend, low valuation ETF. In State twenty Farm, seeking performance correspondent SP low volatility. So it's low volatility, not value. Low volatility, high dividend index. Okay, um, I like I like dividend. I like this kind of play. Uh, this is paying about five point nine percent last year. That was the yield that paid on the dividends, and since it went from forty two all the way down to twenty six, and now to thirty one, this is probably a pretty decent decent position. Okay, I just want to warn you though the beta is one point oh two. Meaning, it's just as volatile as the S&P 500. In fact, it's a tad more volatile than the S&P 500. So don't think it's not volatile. It is volatile. Remember, it's attached to the S&P low volatility high dividend index. But that, just because it says low volatility, you gotta see if it really is low volatility, and it hasn't been for this last year. It's been high volatility. So. So be very careful. You know, you got to check out the numbers. They want to be low volatility, and they're trying to pick stocks on low volatility out of S P five hundred. But not this last year didn't. They weren't successful. So I'd like to see what's in it. I'd, I'd like to see how many stocks are in it, and you know what their names are. Anyways, so this is I, I have a, a short list of dividend paying ETFs that I like. Uh, I think this one is on it, so I, I, I like it. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. 992 4278 Okay, uh, global oil glut. Why do we have a glut? Well, first of all, you had that oil war with, uh, with Russia and Saudi Arabia, so that didn't help because they are both producing as much oil as they can. OPEC couldn't agree on a cut. They did this recently, but OPEC invariably can't, keep, can't maintain the cut. Saudi Arabia usually is the one who does the actual cutting, and everybody else cheats and they may cheat too. But one of the reasons you're not, you know, we have a supply demand uh, imbalance here because the demand really sank. Usually in a normal marketplace, supply would sink too. Okay. Because there's just not, because the prices get so low, it's not, it's not feasible. It's not profitable to pump more oil. It takes a while for that to happen. And you have another, another, um, uh, Another oh, interplay problem that makes producing oil uh, a, a desirable thing by many countries, and that problem is is they live off the income because many countries, these are state oil companies, oil is owned by the state, the country, and they use that money to pay tax, you know, to pay everything for the country. You know, Saudi Arabia, that's their main source of income for the government. A lot of countries. Russia, same thing. So if, if they stop pumping oil, that stops money coming in. At the same time, they're pumping oil that's less or equal to how much it costs to get it out of the ground. So it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing. Oil supplies will fall. And if you really want to keep a track of that, you look at the number of rigs, oil rigs out there. Uh, see see if they're going down because big oil companies like a Chevron or ExxonMobil, what they'll do is they'll shut down their oil if it's not profitable they'll just shut down and stop pumping oil out of the ground then they'll start it up when it's time that they get making more money on it That it's, it's very simple for them but for other producers that are national in nature the country's oil supply and they use that money to keep the country going it's much harder for them to just turn off the spigot they can they just don't want to. They want, they want the oil price to be high, and they pump as much as they can. So it's, wait a minute, you can't, you know, if you keep pumping, price is going to go down. Look at what happened. You know, so, then, so besides the big battle between Russia and Saudi Arabia, then you had the COVID virus killing the demand out there as everybody shut down uh, the economies. So that's what happened. Anyway, if you're listening to the best talk on a regular basis, you know that we get all the calls in that we can from all over America and even some parts of the outside of the country that we've gotten other places in the world. Here comes a question uh, who is a listener who happens to be in Texas.
2: Hi, this is Morgan from Texas asking about a stock, Cornerstone Strategic Value Fund, CLM. Just wondering if you think that this is a good place. Um, based on their holding, to park some money um, and if their dividend is sustainable. Thank you.
1: Well, I can tell you that dividend is not sustainable at 24.6%. That's not going to happen. Uh, Cornerstone, Cornerstone, Va- Cornerstone Value Fund. It's a closed-in fund, closed-in fund, uh, investing in equity securities of U.S. and non-U.S. companies for capital appreciation. So they're investing for capital appreciation. They're not investing for dividends. So that yield of twenty four point six percent means they just give them back some of your money, your own money, because the stock appreciated, and they well, what would happen is they give you back your money in the form of dividend, the value of the fund goes down in the same amount, but all it really is is giving your own money back to you. So it's not like the companies inside of it are paying that kind of dividend. There is none that do that. It's too high. So don't be misled by that. And remember it's a closed in fund. Okay, that as opposed to an opened in fund. A closed in fund, an ETF, usually or a closed in ETF or a closed in mutual fund means there's a finite number of shares. Only let's say let's just say they issue a million shares. They don't issue more, so the more buyers come in and more demand for this fund, the price rises simply because of demand, not necessarily because of the value of the holdings they have in the fund. And an open-in fund, that net asset value of that fund, the value of that fund, tracks exactly with the value of the holdings of positions, the stocks they have. Closed-in fund could sell at a premium to those positions or a discount. So understand what you're buying. You know, is, is Cornerstone selling at a premium or a discount? to the underlying value of the stocks they own. You really have to figure that out. For instance, Berkshire Hathaway constantly is sold at a premium to the actual stocks that Berkshire Hathaway holds because everybody thinks Warren Buffett is a genius, and I guess you could say he is, uh, and therefore I want I want, I want, want to have his fun. I want to use his genius to make me money. So I'm going to buy his fund, his stock. It's really not a stock. It's really not a fund. It's a stock. But it acts like a fund because he owns a bunch of stocks, in a bunch of companies in his stock. <laughs> so It's kind of a weird situation. This is InvestDoc. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, everybody, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues right after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART.
4: On the next Invest Talk, why a return to normal could mean disaster for the stock market. One analyst's opinion says bubbles unfold in stages. Is he right? That story Monday. But now, Steve Peasley is here. He's got unbiased answers, but he's waiting for your questions. Call Invest Talk 888 99 Chart. Okay, so one of the things about
1: Monday and that bubble unfolds and stages, well, are we in a bubble? Were we in a bubble? I mean, that would be my first question. Are we? Were we in a bubble and that's what happened? I don't think so. Let's go to Jacob in New York. He wants to talk about uptrends. Hey there, yeah. So I guess it kind of
2: segues into what you're talking about with the bubble. I'm, I'm curious what you think is causing this rally or this, Uh, uptrends right now is it fundamental or is it technical and then when do you think uh, I assume there will be a drop at some point what what do you think will cause that a
1: technical or fundamental shift okay I think it's totally technical I mean we have a fall from a high to a low about 35% that's a bear market right why did it fall because we shut down our economy and everybody was scared about the COVID virus no one knew what was going to happen so now we have a technical rebound. It certainly isn't based on the fundamentals because the fundamentals of the economy and the corporations in the economy are tanking and still tanking. And they will continue to tank until we get back to full, Full, you know, opening up back the economy. Maybe not full employment, but we've got to open up the country. So why did this technical bounce happen? And I will tell you, Jacob, it's because of all the money the Federal Reserve, the federal government, is pouring into this problem, huge, much bigger than the 2008 money, much bigger. So that's what this is all about. I think we're going to retest the lows, that'd be my guess, in the next month or two, or because I think reality was set in at how much damage to the corporate earnings this has caused, and people are going to say, man, our economy is really tough. So I think they will have some kind of retest of that low. That's what I think. Let's go, Nick and Hayward. We want to talk about company income, Nick? Yeah, yes, yeah, Steve. Uh, great show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, I'm just thinking with this coronavirus
2: thing going on for the first quarter, second quarter, and third quarter, most likely
1: when they're gonna the, the, the company is gonna show less income. I'm sure, right? Oh yeah, you oh, probably yes. believe me. But Now, what's going to happen when they compare those numbers with the same quarters last year to the prices of the stock? I need your opinion, please. Yeah, most likely, that's why I'm thinking that we'll say a retest, because compared to a year ago, the earnings are going to get crushed. And Right. Remember, we know that, so all the investors know that. I just don't think they realize how crushed they're going to be. I think that's where the surprise is going to come in. And why the stock, why stock prices will fall again and retest those lows. Mm. Um, they know that the earnings are going to be bad, but the government is pushing so much money into the system. They also know, investors also know, that that flood of money finds its way into the market some way or another and tends to push stock prices up. So, you know, you're going to have this tug of war. Between earnings looking really, really bad, and a lot mm. of money coming into the system that will flood partially into the market. So, but I—that's why I, I mm. think we—that's why I think we'll retest the lows, but we may not fall much further than the lows. The lows is only thirty-five percent down. I'd say only, but that's pretty painful. But two thousand eight, the market fell fifty percent, five zero during the uh, financial crisis. So we've only fallen thirty-five in a situation that much worse than the financial crisis. We shut down everything. So it's a very unusual situation, Nick. It's hard to know. And many of us are just guessing. We're just guessing based on our experience, but no one has had this particular experience before where we purposely shut down the economy, and we're going to try to purposely restart it up. Never had that happen before. So it's a little bit different. Mortgage rates rise, everybody. It only rose two-tenths of percent, but why should they be rising when the mortgage, mortgage rate follows the 10-year treasury, and that's still 0.6? Doesn't make sense. what well, happen? the banks are, are tightening up their standards because they're worried about people not working. Makes sense. I'm Steve Peasley and This completes another Invest Talk program. I will return Tuesday. Josh will be here Monday. Please remember that you can access our free Invest Talk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and be sure to listen, review, and then rate us. We want to be rated, and tell your friends. We want you to tell your friends, please. And there's an April bonus show. April bonus show that you can download. Have a great night, everybody.